Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Kia ora, it's Friday afternoon here on RNZ National, and that means time for Critter of the Week, and time to welcome back... Another RNZ favourite standing in for Nicola Tookie this week is Lynn Freeman. Hello. Shucks, Jessica. There will be so many people missing hearing your voice on RNZ. So oh. welcome. Lovely to have you back. Yeah, I'm back in the old desk. Feels like yeah, I've never left. <laughs> cool. Um, and people might not know, but you're um, working for, with the Forest and Birds team now, including Nicola, um, part of the behind-the-scenes team on Critter of the Week. And they've given you a pretty funny one to uh, fill in with to, uh, today. They ha- it's my spirit animal. Jesse, I had no idea <laughs> until I started reading the notes. Are you known around the forest and bird office as the gloomy octopus? Uh, yes, I am now, the gloomy octopus. I'm, I'm a glass half empty or ocean half empty kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> and I really relate to this. But, but just for some context, um, what got us thinking about the gloomy octopus, bless them, uh, is that tomorrow, March the 2nd, is the beginning of Sea Week. 30 years, Jesse. I had no idea mm-hmm. that Sea Week has been going for, for more than 30 years, in fact. It's our annual week for celebrating the sea, everything in it, everything on it. And there's so many things happening around the Motu. I had a look last night. Um, so take a look, seaweek.org.nz. You will find an event near you. There are um, beach and estuary cleanup events around the country. There are snorkel days. You can clean up some rubbish while you're snorkeling. Why not? There are coastal bike rides. Uh, they're going to farewell the Kuaka, the Godwits in Hawke's Bay this weekend. I'd love to be there for that. Heaps to do. Uh, you don't even have to get your feet wet. So, mm-hmm. so do check it out. Yeah, and uh, Catherine Ryan was very interested in the name of the gloomy octopus. Is it related to its appearance? It is. It is, it is. So the Latin, pardon my Latin, binomile means gloomy octopus. And it refers to their large, doleful, world-weary eyes. <laughs> uh, and really, we've got photographs on on the webpage. I, I'm kind of fixated by them, like a cross between, I don't know, a Labrador and an elephant. It's really hard to describe <laughs> them, but they've got white in there. It does look a bit like an elephant. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, actually, probably similar to the expressions of a whole lot of Kiwis who are at the cricket. <laughs> yeah, <afternoon>. 41 <laughs> for five, chasing oh. almost 400. Hey, never, never say never. Never say never. But like the gloomy octopus, it doesn't give up, even though it's got lots of, um, you know, it's got lots of threats. I mean, I'd be gloomy too, Jesse, given all the damage being done uh, to my home. I, I'm speaking as a gloomy octopus. Yeah. Um, you know, the pollution and the overfishing and the invasive weeds, you name it. You know, so many threats to it. So um, something to think about during Sea Week and, and as you learn more about this remarkable Critter. So native but not endemic because I know they have them around Sydney too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other name for them, not so expressive, this one, is the common Sydney octopus. I'd be gloomy if I was called common, I feel. Uh, in some coasts of uh, Sydney, the octopus is so common actually there that the locals have called some sites uh, um, Octopolis and Octlantis. Very clever. Um, now, let's have a conversation because I'm just anticipating some angry texts from the listeners. So the plural of octopus. Do you have a preference, Jesse? Octopuses. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, but if you had told me octopi, that would be fine. And even 
octopodes are all acceptable plurals. I have Maybe we can all settle on octopodes, then we don't have to have this argument every time. I know, but I'm going with octopuses, but I'm also going to use the nickname Gloomies, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's really cool for these yeah. critters of the sea. They're incredible, aren't they? Oh my goodness me. Um, there's something like 16, I didn't know this either, 16 species of bottom-dwelling octopus that we have, um, and the gloomy octopus is the most seen species. And this is a great quote from Robert Venel, who describes octopuses as the closest thing to alien life on Earth. So listen to this. They have eight tentacle arms that are an extension of their brains, and they can change their texture and colour in an instant, contort themselves into the tiniest spaces, and squirt a trail of ink to avoid capture, which is pretty cool, you've got to say. Um, And they're very intelligent. I'm sure um, a lot of listeners have seen My Octopus Teacher uh, it was an amazing documentary. See it if you can. They're resourceful and they're real Houdinis of the ocean. There are lots of tales of captive octopuses climbing out of their tanks and escaping down drains. And in fact, a captive, <laughs> I love this, a captive octopus in Germany called Otto learned to squirt water at the lighting system in the lab to blow up lights every time the staff turned them on until the keepers decided to release her back to the ocean, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, they were around when when Māori were here pre-colonial times, and, and they're quite important in the world, uh, the world of Māori, te, te ao Māori. Ah, absolutely right. Uh, the Māori word for octopus actually is feke, which means to be outraged and angry. It also, fascinating also means to give up without a fight because once caught, the octopus are apparently quite um, passive and easy to kill. Um, in Te Ao Māori, um, feke was typically a special food reserved only for rangatira. Uh, we believe they were challenging and exciting to catch. You know, stories of fishers using their arms or legs as bait uh, by putting them in a den and waiting for the feke to grab on. Um, te feke or muturangi was said to be the giant pet octopus of a powerful tohanga in the spiritual homeland of Hawaii. And it constantly stole fish from Kupe, the legendary explorer and his people. So Kupe chased it across the ocean to Aotearoa, ending up in Whekinui Bay in the Marlborough Sounds. And they fought a great battle there. I'm just picturing this, actually. Extraordinary. Which ended with Kupe slicing off the arms of Te Whekinui or Muturangi with his ads. Um, there's a lot of slicing in this story. So that that's um, part. But but also, actually, despite all of this, and despite being um, a really prized food source, uh, Māori and Pākehā alike really didn't have much love for octopuses. Really? Yeah. Because they're so delicious. Oh, I couldn't say. I don't eat them. Um, I love them too much. Um, Pākehā settlers called them devilfish, um, believing they could suck blood through their tentacles. Uh, in the mid-19th and early 20th centuries, actually, uh, it got so bad, even being touched by an octopus at the beach was enough to make headlines really? in the papers, I know. Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, and there were newspaper reports calling them slimy, evil-looking creatures with eyes gleaming with unquenchable hate. Come on. Um, and many people actually would, in fact, kill them on sight. So Robert Venel, our friend from before, writes of an octopus that broke into the Te Aro Baths on the Wellington waterfront, and one man went for it with a pitchfork while a caretaker grabbed an axe and started hacking off its tentacles. Oh, they're such beautiful, intelligent beings. Yeah, I, don't I know. know why. Bit of an emotional roller coaster, this critter of the week. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I know. It's a tragedy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the gloomy octopus, now, they, they live in subtropical waters off eastern Australia, northern New Zealand. They they live in the intertidal zone, which is along rocky shores and on the seafloor. And we, we think, 
always mysteries around these creatures. They come to rocky reefs and into tidal zones um, for the breeding season and, and they'll spend the rest of their life on soft sediment seabeds. And I mentioned earlier these dens. They're so cool. They create these dens on the seafloor and they, they put the leftovers from their dinner, um, bits of shell, etc., around the entrance to their hideout. Imagine if we did that. That would be interesting. Well, it's like yeah. when you're in a hotel and you finish your meal oh, and yes. you put on a tray outside your door, isn't that's it? That's exactly right. Yeah. But, but the octopuses... And you come back eight hours later and it's still there. Ah, that's that's right. Well, they want them to stay absolutely for this. And, and I, I think this is a great phrase for them after all that bad press. They are ecosystem engineers. Um, they influence life around them um, through the way they build those dens, for example. Other creatures like crabs and fish use the octopuses' discarded shell beds as, as hideouts. Have you had a um, look at the What pictures? do they look like? I have. Yeah. Um, as you say, um, there's definitely a bit of elephant about it. What would you describe that as, purple? Yeah, well, I, I think they're so clever with their camouflage. They're normally kind of grey, Maybe kind of a purpley grey, actually, mm. Jesse. I think you're right. Or splotchy brown coloured. And they've got these um, orange rust red arms and those white eyes. And they've got you know, blotchy skin, lots of bumps and warts, and they can change the colour, as I said. And, and these features help them to disguise themselves in the seaweed, because it's a, you know, a really good camouflage protection. Now, the adults, um, they can have a tentacle span of two metres. So that's around a metre each tentacle, which is pretty big. And yeah. they've got a sharp beak... Uh, and they use them to feast on crustaceans and mollusks like um, snails and scallops and crabs and crayfish. And, of course, they can cause real problems for crayfishes um, by eating their catches. Um, thank you, Lynn. You know what I'm going to ask you. Appearance. Well, funny enough, I was at a, a function with Nick uh, talking the other day, and she, she was talking about her 50 critters of Aotearoa, and she said when she revised them, she thought she'd been a bit tough on mm. some of the critters. So given this is a rating for posterity, and I'm a sucker for octopuses, as you can tell, and it's my spirit creature, I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, Challenge me if you dare. No, I, I, I'm happy with an eight. It's beautiful. Um, did you, Any thoughts on the life cycle before you leave us? Yeah, I mean, they... they um, they don't have a long life. Like, I was really surprised that the average life is something like, just like even uh, 11 months or so, um, which was way shorter than I thought. And um, the female octopus is really devoted as a mum. So she'll, she'll sit on the eggs and she can have, you know, um, up to 200 egg strings and she'll delicately blow water over them to keep them oxygenated. And then she performs the ultimate sacrifice. She doesn't eat or sleep during incubation and typically um, dies not long after they hatch. How did evolution lead to that? They should live longer. <laughs> As I say, emotional roller coaster that is the gloomy octopus. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, and that is motherhood. Thank you, Lynn. Nice to chat to Cheers. you. Cheers. Really cool. Lynn Freeman from Forest and Bird with this week's Critter of the Week, which is the gloomy octopus, Octopus Tetricus. And you can see a picture online, seaweek.org.nz, to find out more about what's happening uh, from tomorrow for Sea Week. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is 
another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. <laughs> 